You have found the podcast of Trussler Mennonite Church. Each week, we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who may have missed the sermon can catch it later. We want to especially thank those of you who missed the sermon because you were working with our youngest children during the service time. This sermon was from October 10th, 2021. The opening scripture was read by Nathan Bechtel. The sermon text was the book of Philemon. The video you will hear mentioned is the Bible Project video on the book of Philemon. We watched this video before the sermon. You will find a link in the show notes. You can certainly keep listening, but if you want, you can pause and watch that video now before you continue with the sermon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, Darkopus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you. Since I am such a person as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, so that your goodness would not be in effect, by compulsion, but of your own free will. For, for perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while, that you would have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also prepare me a lodging, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Epaphras, our, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Um, okay, for your pop quiz, I wasn't really planning on doing this, but I told Leslie to say that um, because I wanted, 
I know if you're like me, maybe you tune some things out sometimes, um, and uh, and just kind of uh, go through the motions. Uh, but I wanted you to make sure and, and um, follow the the video this morning a little bit, so that uh, because that's uh, part of what we're going to be looking at. That is what we're going to be looking at today. So, what was the uh, the Greek phrase that Paul mentions? Anybody remember that? Koinonia, which means partnership or fellowship. Um, that's one that I remember from from college. Uh, they have a koinonia meal of some kind. But um, and then okay, um, so that and then also we are all on. Okay, no, not this. That's this uh, letter is about. Not about learning, but about what? He mentioned it kind of early. I've watched it a couple of times, so I don't know. About doing. This, this is an action. He's calling Philemon to action. And so I think in the video, it mentioned that Paul does not uh, directly talk about the cross uh, and salvation as much. But he would have received the book of the letter to the Colossian church at the same time that he received this letter. So he had the theology there, and we'll talk about that just a little bit more. He had the theology there. Paul was calling him to action. And I think that's part of the tasting and seeing as well. It's, it's taking and doing something with what it is that we know about Christ and what it is that he's called us to. So we'll go through this uh, probably fairly quickly. This might be one of my shortest sermons ever. Uh, but we will work through it and uh, pull out some things that, that I have learned as uh, I have worked through this. So Philemon is that tiny letter near the back of the epistles uh, that does not get a whole lot of attention. We do not hear many sermons preached from this book. Not many of us could probably quote one of its verses from memory if we uh, stopped and thought about it there Paul does not dig into deep into any deep or doctrinal issues the uh, theological issues but it's a personal letter that's written specifically to one person with a few others thrown into the salutation in short it is Paul asking Philemon for a favor which was that he would deal kindly with his runaway slave Onesimus so what could we possibly glean nearly 2,000 years later from this letter? What, what can we learn? We don't sl own slaves. We are not slaves. So there must not be much application for us, correct? Well, as I've studied this letter out, I've been challenged in multiple ways. So we'll quickly review the main parts of the letter and then look at some applications. Nathan has already read it for us, and we've watched the Bible Project video. So there's no need for me to rehash or to go over all the details of the story in too much depth. Basically, Paul is writing to Philemon, a wealthy Roman citizen that lives in Colossae, who has a church there that meets in his home. Paul is still in prison in Rome and has just finished writing the letter to the Colossians. And he's sending these two letters together with uh, Tychicus and, An and Onesimus, as Joel talked about last week uh, as we wrapped up Colossians. He begins this letter with his usual greetings, and then in verses 4 through 7, he tells Philemon that he thinks uh, 
that he thanks God for him and his prayers because he has heard reports of his faith and his love for all God's people. And he adds that he continues to pray that as, he, that as his faith continues to grow, that he will continue to be kind, to be a kind and generous person. So his prayer, he's heard of his faith and his love, and his prayer is that he will continue in that love and in that generosity. In verses 8 through 22, Paul asks two favors of Philemon. First of all, that he would accept Onesimus back as a brother in Christ, and second, to prepare a guest room for him in his house for when Paul would be released from prison. Now again, we do not know a lot about the situation, but there are a few things that we can piece together from this text and from Colossians and other history that we have from Scripture. Paul and Philemon seem to have, been, have had a very close relationship. It's quite possible that Paul had introduced Philemon to Jesus. That, um, the Bible Project video pointed that out. Paul speaks to Philemon in very endearing terms that showed a close bond. He also speaks of Onesimus in the same way. However, Onesimus was Philemon's runaway slave. And again, we don't know the details, but it seems as though at some point Onesimus had stolen something from Philemon or frauded him in some way and had fled. And so he ended up in Rome where he met Paul and again, through Paul's teachings, believed in Jesus, became a brother in Christ. And from there, Onesimus had begun to become a help to Paul. Uh, there in Rome. But however, Paul knew that he had to send Philemon back to make things right. He had to send Onesimus back to Philemon to make things right and to, to repair that relationship. So Paul asked that Philemon receive him as a brother in Jesus. He does not specifically ask Philemon to free him, but to deal kindly with him as an equal in the family of God, just as Paul and Philemon are equals. Paul then asks Philemon to prepare a guest room for him in his home because he hopes to be released soon and he plans to come and visit. He then closes out the letter with some, with some greetings, much as he did Colossians that Joel worked through last week. Now, obviously, there's a lot more there that we could look into. But I would encourage you to, to read the chapter again. Again, it's very short. Uh, watch the video again uh, if you'd like. Uh, read a good commentary uh, on the letter to get some more knowledge. Um, but we wanted to cover this in one week, in one sermon. So I trust that you understand the gist of the story. Paul, who's a prisoner, writes to a slave owner whose slave has run away, and he's asking this slave owner to take this slave who is now a brother in Christ back as part of God's family on equal footing and to forgive him and to repair that relationship. So again, what can we take from this letter that was written from a prisoner to a slave master about a slave? We are none of these characters and hopefully none of us ever will be uh, at that. So, well, three things stuck out to me as I've worked through this. The first was in verse 6, which to me pulls the whole 
uh, letter together and is the main thrust. He says, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ. So he's praying. Paul is praying that Philemon will put into actions the things that he's learned about Christ. As I mentioned earlier, Paul did not go into any deep theological teaching like he normally does in his letters. But he knows that Philemon knows the truth. In fact, Philemon has already been applying it. And Paul's prayer is that as he continues to learn, as Philemon continues to learn more and more of God's truth and his goodness and love, that he will continue to look more and more like Christ in his actions. So let me read verse 6 again. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So the more we know Christ, the more we put into action. That's how it's supposed to work. As we learn more about and experience who Christ is, our lives should begin to look more like Christ. And again, another plug for the Sunday school uh, as we study experiencing God. Not just having knowledge, but knowing who Christ is, knowing who God is, and then putting that and living that out in our lives. So this is my prayer for myself, and this is my prayer for us as a church. So let me ask you husbands and fathers, here's another pop quiz. How has your life looked any different over the past two weeks since I preached my last sermon a couple weeks ago on how we're to use our roles as husbands and fathers? And how we're to um, use our role as leaders in our homes to serve our wives and our children. Do our lives look any different? And to be fair, you can ask me the same question. In fact, you could ask Kyla and the kids if you'd like. But has the truth that I have learned through that made a difference in my life? Has it made a difference in your life? You know, many people often criticize Paul and say he's heavy on grace and light on works. Uh, but I disagree. To me, this passage shows that Paul is saying that real grace and faith produce different actions. Paul agrees with James when he says, when James says in uh, chapter 2, verses 14 to 17, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So I ask myself, I ask you, how does your knowledge of God and how he desires us to live change our actions? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to show you Scripture and help you make the changes that need to be made in your life? If your answer is no, then I think you need to take a long, hard look at what you really believe about Jesus. So I believe as Paul asked Philemon to welcome Onesimus back into his home, his desire is that, faith, is, is that Philemon's faith is real and that it will produce good works. The second thing that sticks out to me kind of goes along with my last sermon from a couple weeks ago. In this letter, we see varying levels of social status, authority, and leadership. Paul is an apostle. 
Philemon is a lay person in the church. Paul, uh, he's also a slave owner. And Onesimus is a slave. So all varying levels there, so to speak. Yet Paul is very emphatic on stating that they are all, all on equal ground in the family of God. They are to be treated as equals, loved as equals. Yet, at the same time, they maintain their positions of leadership and those under that leadership. Onesimus was still a slave. Philemon was still a slave owner. Yet they were equal, on equal footing. And I'm not quite sure that Paul is asking Philemon to free Onesimus. And I don't feel... And, and please, in me saying that, please don't feel that I'm saying that this passage supports slavery. I, that Obviously, I do not believe that. But in that culture, that was real. And legally, Onesimus was still owned by Philemon. But Paul himself is laying aside his rights as an apostle to demand that Philemon release Onesimus to come help Paul. He is asking that Philemon lay aside his rights to punish Onesimus for the wrong that he had done to him and to receive him just as he would receive Paul. Onesimus could have remained on the run as well and not returned to Colossae, yet he submitted to the work that Christ was doing in his life as well. So again, in the leadership roles that God has given us, and all of us in some way, shape, or form are in some kind of a leadership role or will be at some point in our lives, or in our roles under someone else's authority. And again, obviously, we are all under someone else's authority. We are to put the other person's wants and needs above our own to the glory of God. Christ calls us to lay down our own agendas and rights at his feet and to live the way that he has called us to. And that kind of leads into my final point of application Paul paints for us here a beautiful picture of what laying aside one's rights looks like and a picture of what it is that Christ himself has done for us. And he says to Philemon in verses 17 to 19, So if you consider, consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. So Philemon, welcome Onesimus as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Again, Paul laid aside his right as an apostle, as an apostle to, to demand that Philemon forgive Onesimus. Obviously, that would have been Paul's right. It would have been the right thing for Philemon to do, to forgive him. It would have been right for Onesimus to pay his own debt as well. But Paul, even in his place, in his place of rightful God-given authority, and even as a prisoner, was willing to pay Onesimus' debt to satisfy Philemon's charge. <clears throat> and Christ has done that for us as well. He has paid our debt so that we can be made right with the creator and keeper of the universe, the perfect, holy, and righteous God. If I believe this is truth, then it is my call to do the same for others around me. Obviously, my blood cannot cleanse any sin because it is already filthy with sin, but I can lay down my life for the good of others. And that, I believe, is what we can take from this letter 
that was written by a prisoner to a slave owner about a slave almost 2,000 years ago. You have been listening to the Trussler Mennonite Sermon from October 10, 2021. The passage was from Philemon. We close this week with music by Joyce and Michelle Kane. Take care.